Global Connections Television is a privately funded, independently produced program. The opinions expressed on Global Connections are solely those of the moderator and his guests. We invite you to go to the website at www.globalconnectionstelevision.com to view previous shows. If you're involved with a PBS or community access television station or an educational institution that has an intra-campus television hookup, or perhaps a podcast or just a computer and would like to share the programs, please feel free to do so. Global Connections is provided at no cost to help people in the U.S. and worldwide better understand how international issues impact our lives. Welcome to today's Global Connections program. I'm Bill Miller. Today, we're going to be talking about a very interesting organization, the World Affairs Council in Kentucky and Southern Indiana. My guest is an expert on this topic. My guest today is Shoyun Zhao, who is the executive director of the World Affairs Council in Kentucky and Southern Indiana. In addition to international exchange programs, she has overseen dozens of programs and events that brought top diplomats, experts, and authors to the Kentucky-Indiana region providing the community an opportunity for in-depth discussions on current global issues. Shoyun Zhao, welcome to today's Global Connections program. Thanks, Bill. It's always good to talk with you. I appreciate you being with me today. Let's. Why don't we just dive right into it? What is the World Affairs Council of Kentucky and Southern Indiana? Sure. Well, um, we are almost 40 years uh, old <laughs> or young, I should say. Uh -huh. uh, our organization is a we're a nonprofit, non-governmental, and nonpartisan organization. Um, really, uh, with a mission to engage the Kentucky and Southern Indiana region on global issues and with leaders from around the world. So we do this by facilitating international exchange programs. Uh, most of them sponsored by our federal government. Um, but uh, also other uh, sister city exchanges as well as. Uh, convening dialogues and speaker conversations around global issues that really connect us uh, locally as well as globally. So our, our goal is really to inspire more curiosity on global issues and then really creating connections that count for all of us. Now, is the World Affairs Council, is that a group in the, just in the United States or is that worldwide? And if so, how many are there? Yes, uh, the World Affairs Council uh, is, is part of several, it's part of a network. Uh, there's a World Affairs Councils of America network. Um, it's a network of about 90 local councils like ours. They range from small to very large organizations. Um, but we all share that same some, that same mission, which is to uh, bring light, bring engagement uh, for our local communities with the global uh, topics that really affect us uh, increasingly these days. Um, but many of them range from, you know, uh, just a few years old to several decades to even marking their uh, 100 years. So many of the organizations like ours, they really started around the, you know, the the end of uh, World War One. The idea is to really bring um, more information to the local uh, communities, the individual, really at the grassroots level, the knowledge about what's happening around the world, because as you know, um, the U.S. traditionally have been very much uh, outside of many of those world wars, um, physically being uh, very distant. distant. So uh, it's really came out of that tradition of, of organizations, grassroots organizations like World Affairs Councils and 
you know, foreign policy associations. So that's how we really came about. And yes, there's about 90 of us throughout, scattered out throughout the country, uh, only in the U.S. Um, you know, they range from small uh, communities to very large cities. So a, a very powerful network, a very important network, especially in this day and age. It certainly is. Provide information with some very complex issues and issues that Absolutely. do impact our lives. We think they don't, but they do. They do. We see it every day. It happens. If you look, if you scratch the surface and look a little deeper into the issue, it does affect us. But now, let's see, your website is www.worldkentucky.org. That's correct. Yep. Okay, great. All right. We have great. a lot of information up there. Um, but you know, you, your point is so well taken. You know, we, we don't realize, and I say this all the time to our, um, to our members and to, you know, just in general is that, you know, we, we often think about global as being beyond us and not really with us. And in fact, if we look around, um, global is everywhere, right? Whether it's in the, the items that we consume, we buy, um, or the people, our neighbors, right? Everybody come from somewhere. And increasingly, particularly in Kentucky, we're a large, um, you know, refugee resettlement uh, region. So we're getting met people from all over the world, from all kinds of backgrounds, culturally diverse, um, that's coming into our uh, neighborhoods and becoming our neighbors. So increasingly, this global is really not an other, it's really here within our community. So, you know, that's why, as you say, you know, we may not notice it, but it's so important for us to really understand who and what makes up our communities. It certainly does. And if we stop and think about it, it well, in Kentucky, Kentucky's rapidly moving in to be one of the major international distributors of a lot of products. You look at yes. uh, with the Ford Motor Company, Toyota Motors in Georgetown, and a variety of other groups around here. So we're actually getting into the, well, we've been in the international trade market for, for decades, eons yeah. come right down to it, but in a much bigger way today. And there are literally hundreds of thousands of jobs that depend upon that, that reverse economic investment that comes into the state. You look at the people in this state and other states, mm -hmm. they're international travelers. They fly to other parts of the world. Yeah. You see that they can be affected by terrorists, they can be affected by diseases. It's just on across the board. And this, this belief that we can just build a wall around the United States is just absolutely fallacious, isn't it? It's just it's it, not it, going it, to happen. It's not going to happen. And, you know, um, but there, as you know, uh, Bill, as we look around the world, there's uh, increasingly a tendency for not just the U.S., a lot of countries, right? A sense of uh, what we call kind of a tribalist um tendency, a mentality, is really this fear of a lot of international uh, engagement because, I mean, frankly, there's a lot of conflicts happening, right? And and I think many, that, that natural tendency is for us, how do we close ourselves off so we're not drawn into these kinds of conflicts? And like it or not, unfortunately, especially in the U.S. and U.S. being the, the big power it's, all, it's been for the last, you know, century or so, um, it's it's very hard to disengage. And so within that kind of context, we have to think about um, how do we make sure that we're well-informed, our public's well-informed, so that they can manage and handle all of this kind of, you know, kind of pressure, the things that they see on TV, the, the things that's happening in their neighborhoods, so that they can process it 
in a very constructive way rather than in a very kind of, you know, um, destructive, <laughs> if you will, exactly. in a way that's not very healthy, right, uh, for them to go. And uh, so we provide that space. We want to be that space where we can bring people together. We can we bring in people who uh, really talk about some of these big issues in a in a deeper much more of a kind of a expert, uh, people who's really done the work, who's done the research, who's worked it um, to be able to give us the right information because we all know there's a lot of disinformation out there. And so we wanna make sure that we we have good analysis of what's happening and then let people make up their own minds. Exactly, that's exactly the way it should be. And of course, most of the people watching, and I'm guessing everybody watching this program and others I want to make sure that we don't wind up picking up the tab for everybody around the world. And that's one of the reasons that we're involved in groups like the United Nations. So you have economic burden sharing. You, If you have a UN peacekeeping mission, you have everybody, chip, not everybody, but the countries that are able to do it, chipping in to cover that mission. Uh, if you have other problems, international problems, you work together with other countries in, in helping to resolve that particular issue. And it really needs to be that way. Well, we're going to get into your programs in just a moment, but I'd just like to remind our viewers, you're watching Global Connections Television, which is a privately funded, independently produced program. The opinions expressed on Global Connections are solely those of the moderator and his guest. We'd invite our viewers to go to our website at www.globalconnectionstelevision.com to view previous programs. If you're involved with a PBS or community access television station, or perhaps an intra-campus television hookup, or you have a podcast, or you just have a computer, you like our shows and you'd like to share them, please feel free to do so. Global Connections Television is provided at no cost as a public service to help us better understand international issues and how they impact our lives. Today, we're taking a look at a very interesting entity, the World Affairs Council of Kentucky and Southern Indiana. And my guest today is Shoyin Zhao, who is the executive director. Your group has a wonderful track record in, in the area, the Kentuckiana area, as they call it. And you're involved in so many activities. Let's start talking. Let's talk a little bit about some of your international programs. What uh, you you had an international visitors program? Is that correct? Is that yes? We uh so we you know we we our mission to promote global engagement and uh, connections really is very three dimensional. We were one of the few um, organizations that really focus on this in the different ways. So one way is through international exchange. We facilitate programming for. Um, you know, leaders that come on this, uh, these some many of these programs that are federally funded, most of them by the State Department. Um, the uh, particularly prestigious one is the International Visitor Leadership Program, um, which uh, you know sends uh, leaders from around the world, uh, usually selected by our embassy uh, leaders in, uh, in other uh, other other countries. To come to the states uh, for a a couple of weeks, where they get to go to different communities, and learn about America and Americans um, in a very personal way. So they connect uh, with you know people in their profession, connect people in a cultural way, having uh, dinners or gatherings, um, knowing the history of that location. 
all of that is meant to contribute to a better and more nuanced understanding about what America is. So often people come on these programs, you know, they go back and they say, this really kind of brings this, the American, you know, ideals and the American life and who, who we are to life in a way that the TV television shows that they watch do not, right? And uh, it breaks down all that stereotype. And so that is the the exchange program is one uh, of those programs that we facilitate. When we have these programs uh, come into our communities, we match them up with uh, professional resources based on their uh, their topic, their uh, their interests, and then add some cultural element to it so that they get a very holistic view of what is Kentucky, what is what is Louisville? What's Lexington, Frankfurt? How does that fit into the overall fabric of America? And and then they go to a different city and they see the unique aspects of that particular city. And all of that form a uh, uh, what we call kind of a three-dimensional view of what America is. And it's a powerful program. If you ask any diplomat, uh, any embassy staff overseas, this is the one uh, you know program that they really hold dear to um, because it's a preventive, a preemptive way of, 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 you know, preventing war and conflict with other countries because you make friends from these people to people exchanges. So that's the international exchange program. We're very, very proud of that program. We want to always do more with it. And then of course, uh, something you alluded to earlier, we, we convene a lot of programs locally at the community level where we bring in experts and diplomats, authors, um, to come and talk about uh, issues of the day, global issue of the day. For example, recently we had Dr. Tegan Blaine from the U.S. Institute of Peace um, come and talk about the uh, the impact of climate change, not just globally. Obviously, all of the the impact on natural disasters, on migration, um, and then tying that to our local community, we had. Uh, her in conversation with, uh, for example, our, our, the environmental reporter at WFPL, Ryan Van Velzer, who know a lot about how climate change really affects Kentucky and br- just bridging that gap, you know, the idea of how climate change is a universal problem. It's a problem we're all facing. And we've seen the devastation of, of that in the floods and the tornado in the last couple of years. So it really just kind of bringing an expert perspective and a local view and combining it in a way that people really sense and feel that it's important to me. That is so critical to show people at the local level, like where mm-hmm. you live, where I live, how we're impacted and how we're involved in this and to start thinking about what we can do to help yeah. uh, attack these problems and overcome these problems. You mentioned a minute ago, we'll, we'll get back to uh, your international visitors in a moment, but you mentioned the people to people concept mm-hmm. and putting people to people in touch with each other. And that reminds me, as I recall, wasn't it President Eisenhower that created the people to people program and Sister Cities International yeah. back in 1955 or 56, something like that. I'm, something I'm, like I may that. be wrong thought... on that date. Don't hold me <laughs> on that date. But it was back in the 50s. I do remember that. Yes. So I remember reading it. And so Anyway, now you're involved in a major Sister Cities International project, are you not? 
Well, we have, uh, so, you know, uh, Sister Cities of Louisville used to be a uh, separate organization and we, they managed the, we have nine sister cities in Louisville and Lexington, they have a number of cities. So every single city have, you know, uh, have some cities, uh, sister cities from around the world. So we have nine in Louisville and um, we took over the, the kind of the management and, and administration of that, that relationship back in 2020. And so what we've been trying to do is really to kind of reestablish those links with those cities. They range from, uh, basically we have a city in every continent except Australia and Antarctica, which I don't foresee any <laughs> eminent sister cities <laughs> in those parts. I mean, the, you know, the, the further they get, the more difficult it is to communicate because of the time difference. Um, but, you know, at the same time, uh, it's been, it's, been a lot of fun but it's also uh it makes you really appreciate how important it is to to have these relationships right because you know cities face many similar problems um we often think you know this is a this is happening in our city whether it's crime housing or all of these things that we, we talk about um but in fact all cities face that and they just do they have different uh various uh, you know, degrees of, of challenge with all of these, whether it's climate change resilience, right? And depending on where you are geographically. So I think Sister Cities has really kind of been a nice way for us to kind of, uh, again, bridge that global local divide and see, you know, find ways where can we um, learn more and bring some of these uh, uh, similarities together and to share in some of these really interesting cultural um, unique cultural elements that each of the cities offer. Um, and just kind of, uh, it, it's been really nice because, you know, as we talked about earlier, as we become much more tribal in our thinking, um, the cities, when you have this relationship, because it's a mayor to mayor uh, kind of a, a memorandum of understanding established. So it's a formal relationship. That kind of commitment really kind of adds a, another a layer of commitment, right? Um, and, and it helps when you want to do certain projects in a certain city. Um, you know, we have all the doors that can open for you to, whether it's investment, whether it's uh, establishing a cultural connection with some other institution or with a university or with schools. So um, we we have started doing a lot more explore, exploration around that. And then next year, in fact, we're going to be leading a, a trip to Mainz, Germany, one of our sister cities. Um, it's going to be 30 year anniversary between the two cities. So we're very excited about doing that. So, you know, a lot of really exciting things uh, down the road for sister cities. Exactly. Yes. Have you had any delegations? I know you you have a sister, nine cities. That's a I lot. <laughs> that's a lot. Not so all of them are active. <laughs> right. Exactly. I, I, I can imagine that. Yeah. I think you had one in Argentina, you had one in France, uh, yep. a variety of other places. Uh, yes. Have you had any delegations come visit Louisville, Southern Indiana lately or um, have any coming we, soon? Yes, we have not. Um, you know, Tamale, Ghana is another uh, sister city uh -huh. uh, that we have had for a number of years. They have come a couple, I think several years back, but we don't get too many um, delegations uh, you know, coming here, it's not as easy coming to America for some some cities as it is for us to go to other cities, right? We have that privilege. Um, European cities, perhaps, um, but, you know, many other cities require visa and the process is just not that easy 
as we would like. Um, so we we hope that there might be more opportunities in the future. That's why it's easier to do it around a specific programs or projects. So if you do a, you know, if you do a, a mission abroad or you do a student uh, school exchange, those are very specific ways that people can uh, exchange and travel um, to to meet and, and to learn from each other. They certainly are. And it's yeah. very important that we do that. Yes. But uh, you've been involved in this for several years. What have, what have been one or two of the most memorable events or people you've met over the years that have really that you well i'm sure you've met dozens of them probably but are there one or two that really come to the surface uh <laughs> well they all you know it's really the topics that they've explored um we uh you know like i said recently we had our own uh person here in in kentucky chris kemmel who was the one of the founders of the idea fest uh, that went on for many, many years uh, previously. And uh, now he's uh, kind of a co-founder of Space Tango, or also Humanity in Deep Space, which is uh, really interesting because when we think about space and outer space exploration and technology and and the whole you know business around it, we don't really connect that to Kentucky. You know, how, how does it fit? And uh, Chris, uh, you know, really kind of, as I wouldn't say he may not say that he started, but he really kind of brought that to life in Kentucky and um, and and what as one of the kind of uh, organizations or businesses that's very close to involved with NASA and some of the space um, exploration projects out there. I think uh, that was really fascinating conversation that uh, he had with Nat Irvin, who's the who's at U of L, a, a great thought leader himself. Um, but it's, you know, that was a really interesting topic because we don't really think about space as, <laughs> you know, something that we would explore in a World Affairs Council program. But when you start thinking about it, that's as as universal as you're going to get. You know, I mean, it's literally out there. <laughs> it's literally it's out there. Universal. <laughs> right. It's very universal. But, you know, it's uh, it's fascinating because it uh, outer space, you know, space exploration has become such a big uh, research area and it's much more mainstream now than ever you know a lot of think tanks uh tradition you didn't used to have any kind of uh specific departments or research areas in space now you'll see that as a, a major component of many of the the research institutions so um it's not that far out and you know we always have an eye on what is up in that next wave of what we consider global, right? Um, and it's not going to be, it's always going to be the territorial regional conflicts that we still see, which is very, you know, still kind of rooting the traditional conflicts of, of, of land, of geography, of, you know, culture and, and beliefs and all of that. But um, I think there's that next frontier of, of topics that we we need to be aware of, which is, you know, AI and technology and cybersecurity, right? These are things that, could really go beyond borders, um, as well as climate change that we talked about, but also space. So, you know, in addition to many of the kind of traditional things that we think about when we think about World Affairs Council, World Affairs uh, Foreign Policy, we're really thinking about how these kinds of topics that are not traditional, you know, foreign security topics have become so because of how uh, how how fluid they are 
and how much they are really beyond borders. So um, yeah, I mean, we we have, a, it's really fun because fun for us to think about what is next and to find the right people to come and share those insights with our, our uh, public, our members. Um, and I think there's going to be a lot of really interesting stuff coming down the pipe next year. So uh, you know, when when our if people interested, go to worldkentucky.org because we're going to have some interesting programs uh, down in 2024, especially around election year, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like you've got you got great programs right now. And you were talking about exports a few years ago. I, still may be the case. I'm not sure. But for many years, the number one expert export from Kentucky was aerospace equipment, yes. which you would, most people would probably think, well, maybe Kentucky fried chicken or thoroughbred horses or something like that. I mean, those that's part of it too, but still uh, Kentucky's very involved in the aerospace industry, but it, it sounds like you're doing really a great job there. And in the last 30 seconds, how do you communicate all these wonderful programs to the public? You've got your website. We know that. We have our website. We are very active on our social media, um, you know, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Uh, we hold a lot of our content on our YouTube channel. So we record all of our speaker programs and then put them up on the YouTube. So if anybody is not in the area, uh, want to listen in, learn more about some topic, uh, they can go to the YouTube channel to to check those out. We also launched a new podcast recently in the last month or so called World Talk. Um, it touches on global culture, society, and the different systems that we have. Um, and it also asks how all of these kinds of issues impact us locally in Kentucky and Southern Indiana. And a lot of our conversations are with experts, but also with people with really interesting global experiences across a variety of fields um, who can offer insights into the that global influence on on local lives. So that's another one that we're uh, using as a platform to communicate some of the interesting things that we don't always get to to talk about. So yeah, everything's that's, on our website. <laughs> that's a good place to do it. We'll show you and Zhao. I want to thank you so very much for a very interesting and a very informative program. Thank you, Bill. Always great. My pleasure. I'm Bill Miller. Thank you for joining us today on Global Connections Television.